For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Somebody commented on your TikTok of, of you singing more in your arms. They're like, who hurt you? And so I want to know then, Abraham, who hurt you? <laughs> who hurt me? At the time I wrote it, I had just come out of a pretty intense relationship. I haven't talked much about this, which is interesting. So this is, you're getting a sort of the exclusive answer on this. Hey, it's Abby, and I got to interview singer-songwriter Ben Abraham. I came across his profile on my For You page and was just blown away by his music. I discovered him on the For You page, but he's been a part of the industry for so long. I mean, he's written for Kesha, Demi Lovato, Sarah Bareilles. I mean, so many people. He was even one of the writers on Kesha's praying. So I called him up and we had a little chat about what it's like to work with other artists and writing for them versus yourself, how his screenwriting background affects his songwriting, and of course, TikTok. So Ben, I actually came across your first single, Like a Circle, on my For You page a couple of months ago. And it's so beautiful. It's so haunting. I did the little save thing where you can go back and look at it later. And apparently I wasn't the only one because like a bajillion people saw it. <laughs> How did it feel to get such a reaction from people on TikTok? I mean, if well, two things. It feels amazing. It, feel, it was a real surprise. I always feel weird saying this because I have a friend who manages TikTokers and one of his TikTokers went viral and has 120 million views on one of their videos. <laughs> so I feel like, I feel like a real boomer when I'm like, ooh, I went viral and I have like... <laughs> 750,000. <laughs> but yeah, I will say uh, at the time I had like 9,000 followers. No, I think I had 900 followers. Uh, and I posted this video like late one night when I was going to sleep and just overnight, like it jumped um, tens of thousands of views and to tens of thousands of followers. Um, it was kind of scary how... Cause it was like, Oh, that's why everyone loves TikTok. <laughs> they give you that little bump. They make you feel exactly, famous. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was like, um, am I a successful singer songwriter right now? <laughs> so it was great. What I will say, uh, overall, what was the best is that I love that song and I kind of, I wrote it sort of assuming like, this isn't probably going to like, sell as a song like and I don't really write like for those things I just write what I love to write and the song had meaning to me um and I remember when I would show it to my publisher and my record label and my managers I don't think anybody didn't like the song but nobody was like fighting for it to be used right like nobody's like oh this is a hit so what was so special to me was that something that I believed in just for me connected enough with people that they also believed in it and then of course all the business side people were like, Oh, we love that song. Like it's, uh, we always knew that was a special song. I'm like, of course we did. Uh, so that was the best. I think that was the best outcome for me was like, Oh, like stuff that I really love that I think is beautiful. That doesn't necessarily sound commercial can still find an audience and people will really connect with it in a big way, which is a great feeling.
Yeah. And it doesn't hurt when you get to prove the big business people wrong either. Yeah. 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 I mean, people, yeah. Were, <laughs> people were literally begging for you to put this song out. I, um, I wrote down some of the comments because first of all, you're hilarious. <laughs> you always have such a great dialogue with the people that follow you in, in your little comment section. So somebody said that, um, I, that this song was like the Russian doll of emotional songs. <laughs> it just kept, just kept getting more sad, just more sad. <laughs> Um, somebody said the top comment said that, uh, it should be in a movie about sailing and longing. And I love what you said about this. You said that it should be in a movie called pirates, of the Caribbean nine, even pirates get the blues. <laughs> and another one said, uh, they would sell their soul to have the first single, which apparently they sold it because, mm. uh, the single is out. Cause the single exists. I, I have this all on a jaw <laughs> in, my, in my kitchen. Well, did they give you the two and a half souls that you asked for? You said the price, the price <laughs> well, is two and a half. The price is two and a half. It yeah. was funny. You're a funny guy, Ben. <laughs> I try to look, I try to, I never know what I'm not good with like taking compliments and I'm not good with like super, I just don't know what to do. I, it, probably it's easier in person if someone's like, that was a great show or whatever. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. It feels weird in a comment section to just be like, thank you, love heart, love heart, prayer hands, love heart, smiley. <laughs> so I sort of try and go more for the self-deprecating humor. Or, and then to be honest, sometimes I also want to kind of just make jokes, uh, but I never know how people are going to take it. So Yeah. Well, well you said down. you said that you really loved this song specifically. What about Like a Circle just really hits you? Like what was it about this song? I love I mean one of my favorite songs of all time is Both Sides Now by Joni Mitchell, which I think of as kind of like a hymn. It's like three sections that deal with the first one in her song, the first one's about clouds, the second one's about love, the third verse is about life. And the structure is not a typical pop song. It's not like verse, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, chorus. Um, and I love, I, I grew up around like religious music and things. And I've just always loved like traditional sounding songs and like folk songs and hymns and stuff. So every now and then I have songs that I try and write to meet that brief. Um, and yeah, I felt like with like a circle, I sort of achieved that using the theme of circles, which is so important to me at the moment in my life um, and reflecting on the different ways that we try and love people. And then like realizing that there's something beautiful about love that resembles a circle. Um, yeah. And then putting that into a song that wasn't a traditional like pop song or something. I don't know. I just, I love it. I actually wrote it on like a droning instrument so that I wrote it so that you could basically just sing it almost a cappella with just a single note droning underneath you. Um, so even the fact that people loved that, that they just loved the a cappella version was such a surprise to me. I was like, Oh, people have music taste. <laughs> they don't wow, just want great taste in music. I know. I was like, Oh, there's no like trap hats or like beats in this like people were like give us the song and i was like oh okay <laughs> yeah there ain't nothing sexy about religious music but uh, apparently yeah. that's what people are into but apparently that's what people really want so uh i'm here to deliver you can go on tour with chris tomlin next and maybe matthew west <laughs> i'm seeing a dual tour with you and have you heard the that new religious song that's come out the modesty one it's all over I tiktok Never I mind. don't know. Another song I, for another day. I'm a, yeah. <laughs> um, but, okay. So I want to talk to you about your upbringing. You said that you grew up around a lot of religious music. Can you tell yeah. me about that? Uh, yeah. I grew up in church. I grew up playing my family. My parents are ministers and my siblings and I just grew up playing and singing with them uh, as kids. And I think that 
that's where a lot of my music instincts and music taste and stuff comes Ooh. from is just kind of watching my parents play music and stuff in that context. Um, yeah. So it was a real sort of family thing. Is there something you love about faith-based music in general that you try to emulate in the work that you create? Uh, yes. I think what I, Oh, Oh, hello. Oh, oh. this is so embarrassing. This is so oh, unprofessional of you. I know it's so my friends had an artwork that's just been dropped off at my front door and I oh. told anyway, it's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Uh, that's not going to happen again. Um, Yes. Yes. There is, I think what I love about religious music and just music in that context and spirituality is that it's not about the performance. It's, it's about, um, it's about musicians or it's about human beings using music to kind of connect with something bigger than ourselves. And, you know, and I think that's really interesting. And I think that, um, certainly as a creator, everything I try and write, I think there's some sense of like searching and reaching in that. And I hope that what I write kind of provokes bigger feelings about the world and about our lives and stuff than just like, Hey, look at me. I can sing really good. And I can, cause I don't think, I think I've, I think I'm good, but I don't think I'm that good a performer or singer that I can just be the only thing that's going on in a performance. Whereas what I like about spiritual music and religious music is that it's like always pointing to something bigger. It's like, here's the song on one level, but then on another level, there's like a deeper emotional world or spiritual world. So I hope that I do that in my music. And I, you know, there's plenty of, um, people that like someone like Peter Gabriel, I mean, I have no idea what his like religious background is, but his music feels very spiritual and has a lot of input from like different cultures and different spiritualities and people of different faiths. You can just feel it in the music. And that, as a result, when you listen, it feels dense and three-dimensional. Yeah. So you write music for intellectuals, people who like to think and feel and <laughs> people who have taste. Me, an intellectual. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I just, I, I, yeah, I think, I think I've sacrificed any attempts to sort of be cool and hip and I just go much more for like, give me, give me the sort of existential crisis music. <laughs> so growing up, did you listen to a lot of that kind of existential crisis music or no? I think, yeah, I, my, our household was sort of split. It was, uh, my parents either listened to just a lot of church music, not like Christian pop music, but like not really Amy Grant and stuff like that, but more just like traditional church music or, uh, they were huge, like folk, uh, and just huge fans of like music with good harmony. So we listened to a lot of Chicago, the band Chicago. I don't know if you know those guys. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, and a lot of like, you know, the Carpenters and mm -hmm. the Beatles and James Taylor and like that traditional side of music as well. Um, so it was a real split, but always very, it's all very emotional. It's all very hard on sleeve <laughs> kind of stuff. So I think I read somewhere that you didn't get started as a songwriter. You got started as a screenwriter. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, I, I, because I had grown up playing music with my family and playing in church, it just never really occurred to me that I wanted to pursue it as like a career. Um, I was happy just doing like that. And I finishing school was much more interested in film and uh, initial for a minute thought like, Oh, I think maybe I want to be an actor. And then I had one of my teachers at school showed me this like course that I could take. That was like a, 
it was like a pre undergraduate course in screenwriting. And I did that and I just fell in love with it and was like convinced. I was like, Oh, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a film writer. This is my life now. Like maybe I'll direct a couple of films down the road, but mostly I'm going to write screenplays. And, and then in the course of that, I picked up a guitar and started writing music um, that wasn't related to church and like played my first gig. And I just remember like, I remember in my writing classes being, it's the classic writer thing, just constantly filled with doubt that I was like, (laughs) I don't actually know if I can do this. Uh, and looking around the room and I would see other people that were so confident in their work. And I was like, that guy thinks he can do it. And he definitely can't. So I was like, does that mean I, even if I thought I could, what if I'm bad? Uh, and so just classic like neurosis. But then when I played my first gig and like 50 people came and I was like, what are you all doing here? Uh, I remember that feeling of like, this is a bit easier. (laughs) I was like, it's easier to know that I'm not bad because 50 people just paid money to see me play. So I I sort of quickly recalibrated and was like, I think music is going to be the path for me rather than a a lifetime of constant self-doubt. Yeah. And that guy from your songwriting class became John Mayer or somebody. That's right. right. Exactly. Uh, Now they're really rich and famous and I'm, uh, you're also very successful. Very they, successful. I have 700 and something thousand views on a TikTok. So yes, you've gone viral on the TikTok. You've officially made it. <laughs> on the TikTok. Exactly. Thank you so much. This is the boomer way to say it, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So I want to ask you about, so you decided to go down the songwriting path instead of screenwriting. What do you yeah. like more about the music aspect of it rather than like us telling a story through film? Well, I, I actually think that they're both so connected and I think that, uh, sometimes even to a fault, I think I approach my music writing like I did my screenwriting. I think everything I learned in that course and in those years that I studied, um, has somehow affected the way that I write music. Um, maybe, I mean, what's kind of interesting about songwriting is that it's it's certainly the way I approach it. It's very like, it's very emotion based because it's paired with music. You sort of instantly have access to someone's emotions. And that's not just even a genre thing. That's not even just like slow, even like super upbeat, up-tempo stuff that gets you kind of pumping. That's still connecting with your emotions in some way. So the story you can craft with the melody and then the story you can craft with the lyrics of the song um, is kind of really immediate. And I think that's really fun to play with. Um, as opposed to like film, which is so intensely like structural and there are so many rules about what works and having to keep people entertained and engaged. Not that those things don't apply with music, but I feel like it's easier to experiment with music and kind of in that way than it is with film. Less rules, less structure. So is yeah. there, is there a, a, a type of, let me phrase this right way. Do you write your songs the same way every time or do you like to switch it up? It changes up all the time. Uh, yeah, I, I get asked this question and I, I honestly, every song is different. Every, it's sort of like saying, how do you have an idea? Um, sometimes you get an idea, taking a shower, driving a car. Sometimes you're sitting there thinking I need to have an idea. Like it just, it, it really is different every time I have songs that I've written where I came up with a title before I knew what the song was going to be. I have songs there's one song I was on a plane and I just looked out the window and had this lyric 
this line come to me and I wrote it down in like just in a little journal thing. And then like five years later that turned into a song. Um, there are songs that you write where you start off with a chord progression and you sit there for ages and you're like, I don't know what this is. Some songs come to you all in the moment where it's sort of, you just write the whole thing top to bottom. Um, in fact, I think from memory, like a circle, I pretty much wrote in one sitting. Um, that was one of those ones that I think I just knew the story. I think I knew uh, the story that I was going to tell with it. And so it just sort of happened very easily. And then I have other songs. There are a couple of songs on my album that took like five, six years to finish. Um, so yeah, it really is different every time. And I've learned as a writer, certainly as an artist who writes, um, I've learned to just allow every song to be random and not to force it as opposed to like, if I take my artist hat off and become the songwriting collaborator and I'm working with another artist, I can be much more of like, it's like I'm building a table. Like I can just sit in the room and be like, okay, what do you need now? Mm -hmm. um, but that's not really how I write my own stuff. I, can't, I just can't force it like that. Well, that's really cool that you mentioned how it's different collaborating with another artist because you've worked with a lot of really notable names and had some pretty incredible songs. Crane probably being one of the, or that Crane being one of the more notable ones. And I love that you mentioned that you had a background listening to a lot of religious music because praying is almost like a faith-based song. Um, yeah. So what was it like working with her on, on this particular song? Cause that had to have been heavy with all those heavy emotions she had been feeling through that entire experience. I mean, she's the best. She's, I think a lot of people don't, maybe they, maybe they're getting it now more, but um, certainly when I first met her, I didn't realize how, intelligent and thoughtful and incredibly talented she is as a writer. Like she just watching the first session I ever did with her. And this is not how we wrote praying. We did a different song. Uh, but I remember watching her and just being kind of blown away by how quickly she wrote and how good the writing was and just being like, Oh, cause I mean, I went in being like, <laughs> I'm writing a song with Kesha who brushes her teeth with Jack Daniels. Like, okay. Uh, and then just at the end of the session was like, teach me everything. Um, so no, the process of praying was, it was unique and, but it was, it was a powerful, it was a powerful story. I mean, I got to know her because we had written in the past and, and talked with her a little bit about her story and the stuff that she'd gone through. And so when Ryan Lewis, myself and her sat down, it just, it came together pretty easily. Um, that was another, one day song that we, we got really the bulk of it done and then they went away together to finish it and they wrote the bridge together. So I wasn't involved in the bridge. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, it's, that's always the best thing. And this is, maybe this is also part of where the religious stuff um, can be really helpful. Religious music is about writing something that articulates something that, because the, the, you're the, the point is to write a song that articulates what someone feels about God or about spirituality or something. So your, your job, if you're writing those kind of songs is to try and communicate somebody else's story, somebody else's worldview. And I think that if I'm good at anything in like the pop songwriting world, it's, it's that I can listen to someone's story and I've learned how to articulate that through lyrics. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, with the case of Kesha, like listening to her pain and, and what she had to go through, I, I just had learned 
how to do that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm really proud of that song. Like it's, it changed my life. It's, you know, that's why I'm living in LA now and, and able to kind of make the music that I want to make because something special happened. It doesn't happen all the time. I've learned. <laughs> Not all in one day. Sometimes over five or six. Not years. all in one. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm curious. I mean, there's so many things with a situation like hers. I mean, you could have written about anger, about just mm. all these really intense emotions. Why did you guys decide on something as almost as loving as praying? How did That's you decide great. to go in that direction? That's a great question. I don't know. I don't think it was as prescriptive as that's a great question. I think it just was an instinctual thing. I think I will say when we were writing the lyrics, we did, there was something in the verses and stuff. There were some moments that we were like, do we go all out like angry or do we, so we played around, I think with some of those textures and ideas. Um, but I also think, and maybe this is the, you know, God believer in me, but there's something kind of compassionate about um, a song that's kind of a gesture of forgiveness in a way. Um, yeah, I don't know, but that's an interesting question. And the reality is we, we could very easily have gone in so many different directions with it. And that's part of the beauty of songwriting. And maybe somewhere else down the road, she and I will write the pure angry song. <laughs> like the Avril Lavigne version. Where she's exactly. Just like, hey, exactly. You. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so your, your most recent singles, I mean, a little bit you know, similar to praying words, it does feel very soulful. And um, I, somebody commented on your TikTok of, of you singing more in your arms. They're like, who hurt you? And so I want to know Ben Abraham. Who hurt you? <laughs> who hurt you? <laughs> and are you Okay. That's a great question. Uh, who hasn't <laughs> hurt me? Uh, that's a good question. All right, let me think about how I, how I would like to answer this. Um, I think, well, there's a couple of things going on with, that, with the answer to that question with regard to that particular song. When I wrote the song, I actually wasn't writing it for myself. I wrote it with a friend of mine in Melbourne I had come up with the chorus myself walking through the city. Um, it, it truly was like detached. I just, I just sang the words and was like, that sounds catchy. And then contacted my friend and we finished the song together. Now we're both good enough writers that we were able to go, okay, this is where the lyric of the song is headed. And this is obviously the story that the song wants to tell. So how do we tell that truthfully? And I think you can't help but on a subconscious level, draw from your life in the lyrics you're writing. But even when I wrote like it was war in your arms, I think I remember I was sitting on a couch looking at my friend Helen, who I wrote it with, and I was like, what about the line like it was war in your arms? And I was thinking like that sounds so cheesy and so over the top. And she was like, ooh, that's good. That's a good song, man. So we wrote it with that kind of atmosphere of two writers kind of playing with what we thought was an intense and, you know, a little bit melodramatic song. <laughs> Because of that for a long time, I don't think I felt that I had any deep connection emotionally to the song. Uh, and there's a sort of story about, you know, the song, because of that, we sent it to a bunch of different people and Kelly Clarkson nearly sang the songs. Denage nearly did the song. Callum Scott nearly sang the song. It went to a lot of different artists and stuff before ultimately 
um, everybody in my world was like, you're an idiot. This is your song. I was like, is it? Um, and then when I went to record, this is a really long winded answer. And I'm sorry. No, go for it. When I went to record it, I reflected on everything else that the album, there's like all the other songs that are on the album that really do tell a specific story that I can't wait to sort of talk more about once the album's out. But when I went to record this song, initially it had felt like the odd one out because I was like, all the others are so like deeply connected to me. This one has just has always felt like someone else's song until I got into recording it and just reflected on the themes of the album and things. And I just was like, oh God, this is a really, this is perfect for me. And I think that in some, I think that it was like subconsciously, the writing that I had done, you know, had gone into it. So to answer after having said that huge preamble, uh, who hurt me? Um, I, I, at the time I wrote it, I had just come out of a pretty intense relationship um, that didn't end amazingly. Uh, not even saying that she hurt me, but I was hurt after that relationship for sure. Um, and then the other layer that I I've hinted at in the sort of videos and stuff that I've done. Um, and I don't, I haven't talked much about this, which is interesting. So this is, you're getting sort of the exclusive answer on this, but there's also, I think there's definitely a, a conversation with my faith and my, my belief and, um, and ways that I've felt let down by that and stuff. So what's interesting for me is that when I sing the song, it can work on some of those different levels. On one level, I think about my ex and I'm like, it was certainly war by the end. But then also I can think about aspects of my belief in God and things. And I'm like, wow, this is really speaks to me on that level as well. Um, so truly the answer is everybody's hurt me. <laughs> literally there's not a single person who uh yeah so no it's it's funny and i like it's one thing that i've loved about that song coming out i think because because it's a passionate song that tells a specific story but the way that different people have like attached it to different things so like i've had messages and this this stuff i always forget I always forget that this stuff happens until it happens. And then you're like, Oh, I'm so blown away. But I get like messages from people who are like, my mom's just been fighting cancer and we've been playing this song over and over and it's been incredible. And then someone else, you know, a couple of women who have messaged saying that they'd left like abusive relationships and that the song was really spoken to them and just things that it's just like, Oh my God, I forget that. Like that's what kind of one of the amazing things about music that speaks to so many people in different ways. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's so was, healing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm excited about the fact that you have an entire album coming out. Is there a release date for that yet, by the way? No, no, not yet. Okay. Well, where did, yeah, <laughs> so where does war in this your year. Arm, this year? Yes. 2021. Something good for this year. So yes. where does, where does this song fit thematically within the rest of them that you've written so far? Uh, good. That's a great question. Um, well, the album's about, the album's about being stuck between, being stuck between places. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I'm, keeping it, I'm keeping it vague because, you know, at some point we'll announce what the album's 
called and, you know, all this sort of stuff. So I, I'll get more into this, but I, you know, certainly for people in the future that will listen to this interview, uh, war in your arms, the album's in two halves Mm -hmm. and the back half tells a really specific story and the front half, um, is filled with songs that sort of have their own little short, it's almost like the front half is a collection of short films and the back half is one continuous film. War in Your Arms is one of the short films off the first half that really does deal with anger, the almost the anger stage of um, going through grief. Um, Yeah, the album doesn't live there. The album definitely has a resolve, but War in Your Arms sits in that early part of the album that's like, hold on a second. Some stuff went down <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not okay with it. You know, whatever. My ex hurt me. God hurt me. This interview exactly. hurt me. <laughs> exactly. This interview is asking really intense questions. <laughs> I should have said I've had enough. Listen, it's free therapy. It's free therapy. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm really excited to hear the rest of the album. And I love the fact that it's going to have, um, it, that I love the fact that it kind of ties back to your, your screenwriting days. If they're like little short films. I know. Right. That's so cool. Full circle. It's like a circle, if you will. So this is what's funny. Like true, like even the artwork for the album, which I'm not supposed to talk about yet, is a circle. Uh, So when like a circle, when that whole thing happened to bring this interview full circle, uh, it was kind of, it was perfect. It was the perfect foreshadowing of what was coming on the album. Um, yeah, so I'm re- I'm really excited. I keep going between. I'll, look, I'll be honest. I I do sort of weirdly move between despair that the world is so noisy and technology has ruined our lives, so that mm-hmm. nothing any of us do matters anymore. Um, I move between that and then being like, "Wow, I've made something <laughs> beautiful," <laughs> and I think this is gonna like. I think people are really gonna like it. So I I don't know. So I live bet- I live stuck in the middle of <laughs> spaces. Peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, which exactly. will be could be you know another song idea, you know, peaks and thank valleys, okay, free great. content right here. I'm gonna write this down. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much for chatting with me. I really thanks, appreciate it. Thanks, I appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers. Praying hands, heart emojis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.